to the Making Laps Podcast. I don't think those guys actually live in America. <laughs> it it is now. It is now because we won, and every country is America. But no, I just don't think that uh, it's. Forget it. I'm yeah. being Coca Cola. Yeah, is uh, yeah. This suit is still underway. No news of the Coca Cola suit, but NHRA is holding up their end of the bargain with the Mellow Yellow. They still ran. Yeah, races ensued. And uh, no one gives a shit because it's a thousand feet, so I don't care. We should probably introduce ourselves to the people, to the ten people who actually listen. I am Brent Gleason, your host. This is the Making Laps Podcast. With me is my brother Jesse Gleason. Hello. We we didn't bother to call Phil this week because we got a super late start, and I just felt like giving him the night off so that he could enjoy himself in the nice warm climate of Florida. I, hope, I don't. I hope he's not mad at us. He's not going to think that we're mad at him. No, I'd, like I said, we started like an hour later than I expected, so I don't want to edit a huge long podcast. So I'm like, eh, we'll just let Phil slack this week and he can enjoy a night off. Well, it's less responsibility for him. But oh, don't we have a song about Phil that we always play? I don't remember. It, it wouldn't be right if we didn't, you know what I mean? So sorry, I cannot sleep, I cannot dream tonight. Yeah, we have to play it at least once. Awesome. Anyway. The streak continues. Yeah, we have to keep it live. But yeah, we'd mentioned that last week about the, uh, why don't we just jump right into it? We, we mentioned that last week about the Mellow Yellow, Coca, uh, what is it, Coca-Cola brand company yeah. corporation or something like that, and suing, or uh, NHRA suing them for not fulfilling their sponsorship obligations mm. or whatever the hell they're doing. But So with this whole... Coca-Cola, whatever lawsuits going on with the NHRA. I mean, this is, we're not going to see any sort of resolution, so I don't feel like we really left anybody hanging last week. I mean, you go into like these corporate legal battles, you're not going to see a resolution out of this maybe for a year, maybe two years. I mean, the process on this is really slow, so... Jesse's committing the cardinal sin of not silencing his phone in the studio. What kind of rookie is this shit? God you went to it. broadcasting school for God's sake. I'm embarrassed. I'm you sorry. disappointment. I know. Anyway, but yeah, like I said, I don't feel like we left anybody hanging on that. That's just kind of that was the news, and we got to wait and see where that actually goes. Uh, what we did kind of leave everybody hanging on was the little edit that I added in last week with the Bubba Wallace announcement. Yeah, and this is kind of old news, but the new the word came out that he was leaving the Richard Petty Motorsports 43 and that he was going to be joining a new team that was essentially the assets of the Jermaine Racing team. Well, it might just be the charter, I think, maybe some of the equipment. I don't I doubt they're going to use the, the deed. I don't the think charter is basically the deed to a NASCAR house or yeah. property. I mean, like I said, I they, I'm expecting some, they have to have some kind of tooling, you know, to run a race team and a shop and stuff. So 
I'm expecting some of the assets, but I doubt they're going to get cars because that's all going to be through no, JGR it, and stuff. So, well, it's going to be Denny Hamlin team, right? It's going to be Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan. Um, again, it was basically, and I'm not going to say it word like I'm not going to say it was the worst kept secret in NASCAR because there were certain points of it that I didn't get right. Because if it was the worst kept secret in NASCAR, I would have gotten all of it correct. But I thought that it was going to be like. Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan making an investment in Richard Petty Motorsports and Bubba not having to leave. You know what I mean? And then they would switch manufacturers. Apparently now it's just going to be a completely new team with, we all know it's going to be a JGR alliance and it's going to be along the lines of what something like Furniture Row was. Essentially a fourth JGR team. And we all know it. We all know that's what it's going to be. Question. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Is Scottie Pippen going to be the general manager under Michael Jordan? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Had to. We'll just flush that joke right down. <laughs> I didn't watch that uh, documentary that was about the Bulls. I didn't you know, either. I everybody... watched it in the 90s just like every other kid. Yeah, we watched it as that it watched happened basketball live, I guess. And hoped that black people would like them and later years they, they don't care. But anyway, that's um, fair. Uh, also, yeah. So, but like I said, I guarantee this is going to be like a fourth JGR team, and if it is, I mean, it picks up where uh, the Levine family racing team is going to leave off. Yeah, but I think it's actually going to be a little bit better than what Bob can put out. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit, like I said, a little bit more like Barney Visser and Furniture Row. I think it's going to be about that caliber, even though you know the '95. Let's be fair, really hasn't been that bad this year. Even with no. Christopher Bell behind the wheel. No. Question. Hmm. Also question. Yes. Uh, do you think that it's a big gamble for Michael Jordan to uh, to get into NASCAR? Are you trying to make a pun because they were at Las Vegas this week? Uh, n- no, I was actually referring to Michael Jordan's enormous gambling debts. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad one, too. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, All right, this is the Bad Jokes episode of Making Laps Podcast. About, I need yeah. to contribute now, obviously. So, I mean, no tipping Pippin. Yeah, I mean, hey. Casino people, where are you at? Is he that bad? <laughs> no tipping Pippin? Oh, man. Yeah, dude, that's where I got that name from, the casino. I thought it was a basketball reference are you, for are you, a tip-in where you're making a rebound shot, basically. Are you calling? Uh, is, is, are you referring to the stereotype of certain uh, members of gentlemen of color? No, I'm just saying he played basketball as a profession, and I thought that he was not good at tipping the ball in. Yeah, I'm not good at this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are gay. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, okay, so I think we've given all our our, our thoughts and opinions on the 43, well, not the 43, the Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan team. I think it's got promise, um, especially if it's got Gibbs equipment and uh, they can do something with it. They're going to have to have put the good team or put a good team together to, you know, make it work. Like, you got to have a lot of chemistry between car chief, engineers, crew chief, driver. You Hopefully f- COVID goes away and they can actually interact for once and maybe get a little bit more info and make it work better. But, I mean, w- we'll see. 
we'll see in the future what happens. So I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a leap forward for uh, Bubba, and I know that in good equipment he can do good things. We've seen it in K and N. We saw it in the truck series. You know, the guy had 12 wins in between those in a very short amount of time, and he went to Roush in the Xfinity series for some reason. And that was when Roush kind of was on the fall off. Well, and I don't even think Roush has an Xfinity team anymore. Here's so. what here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna call this. All right, this is I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say that number one, they ain't gonna do shit right out of the gate. They, no, they nobody say, ever does it right out of the gate, except for Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs did pretty well out of the gate. Well, back um, then you could, if you had a lot of backing and a, you know a good amount of money to get good people in your team that's starting up, then yeah, you could probably do it, but now it's a little different. Well, that's also what separates Joe. Joe Gibbs is a championship winning coach and general manager. He is used to building a team around him, a team mm-hmm. of coaches, a team of staff, a team of uh, players, and everything else. Uh, Michael Jordan is not doesn't know anything about a team. Uh, doesn't, and, he, doesn't he GM the Wizards uh, or something like that? Building a team. Or anything of that nature. I I don't know. I don't watch basketball. I don't give a shit. I don't know. Either. I left I, when I don't pretty much when, no when when he left basketball. I was kind of done with basketball anyway. NBA kind of got lost. It was shit anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of done anyway. I'm, this is racing. So what you're saying is Joe Gibbs is an incredible um, character analyst. Like he can he can read people and put together a good team just he, based he can, on what he, he can, can put, tell. He knows how to put good people around him, even if he doesn't know everything about racing. He was successful because he knew. How to put good people around him? That's and fair. and that is the thing. So and as far as Denny Hamill's concerned, if if how is he going to make his team is his own team like the owner portion of the team better than the one he's driving? If he already could find good people, wouldn't he be working on his own car, and making them look great? Well, can he? I don't know, man. Well, there's a lot of good people out there. Do you think he can make one that's as good though? Yeah, that's what I mean. If they were already good people, they should be probably on his team. Well, there's a lot of good people. That's the thing. Okay, so do you want to go into another section of where we actually start a rumor that's completely unfounded, but I have a lot of... Completely. This okay. is the best part of the show. All right, well, I think we've touched on this before, and I think this is actually your rumor. So Ooh. I'm going to give you all the credit on this. Ooh. And I ex- Ooh. this is where we spread a rumor. Ooh, ooh, I expect ooh. Ty Dillon to ooh. move to the 43 because it already has an RCR alliance. Go. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's already RCR car? I believe it's already got an RCR alliance. Yeah, yeah well, what's the team he's got now? What is that 13 car? Isn't Jermaine that... had an RCR alliance too, I believe. Who? Jermaine Racing 13 Geico car. The hell's Jermaine Racing? Well, that's becoming. They bought the charter for, or they sold the charter to Denny Hamlin. Jermaine's going away. Oh, uh, yeah, that team's closing at the end of the year. Okay, so who's getting the '95 charter? '95 is not. Oh wait, '95. Uh, I don't know. Spire, I think, got the '95 charter, didn't they? Who the hell's Spire? They own some backmarker cars, like the '77, '27. Oh, something like that. Whatever they own. They're opening up a they're, well. They're opening up a second team. I think they bought that charter already, or something like that. I'm pretty sure that happened a few we- or months ago. Whatever. Okay. We know. I enough. agree with that. All right. You so know. there. I think that wraps up everything that we. You we've can left have out one here. grandson in the in the legendary number three, and have another grandson in the king's car, and it keeps the forty three open. So there you go. Richard Childress bought two legendary rides that are going to be mediocre, except that 
Austin well, Dillon's actually doing really uh, yeah, good. Yeah, Austin's actually the, the blind squirrel's finding his nut, like Joey Logano did after ten years in the Cup Series. Um, so, all right, so that's all cleaned up from last week. I think we should go into a little bit of a personal update, like we usually do. Let's have the personal touch to it. If I'd yes. stop dropping my damn notes, even though I don't the need them for this touch. section. I don't know about the personal touch on this one, but we'll see what happens. Um, I am basically ready. I'm going to be going to Stafford this Friday. I'm going to be giving it my second chance. I know uh, everybody probably saw me go out there the first time. and was like, well, we had a lot of promise, but you didn't really deliver. And I'm like, well, yeah, because it wasn't very good. I didn't know what I was getting into with the carburetor that I'd built and the setup that I had. And I had no notebook. I had nothing. You know, I was basically going by the seat of my pants on everything. And we even had to borrow, I had to borrow Jesse's trailer for God's sakes. I mean, we had nothing to go God there. damn it. You don't have to <laughs> apologize for a goddamn thing. Well, okay? I had a top 10 going on a green to checker race and I um, slammed the wall on my you own. You owe those motherfuckers nothing. It's your first time. Well, I had a, I finished 11th after pounding the wall because I was stupid. Stop beating yourself up, okay? Oh, oh here's the thing. Here's I'm trying to lead into what I found and what I'm doing. Okay, go ahead. Well, I get the car back. I clean everything up. I find a bunch of loose stuff after hitting the wall. And I'm, you know, testing new parts and writing all my notes. And I have to go out and I have to fix all the stuff that the tech inspectors wanted me to update and fix because they have... Everything is by the book, obviously. So I had to clean out like the firewall in the front and, and elongate that to make it look more stock. And I put air quotes up. And I had to go and I had to like paint the fuel cell red, which I did that. And that actually came out real nice. And I had to put a ground strap from the fuel cell plate to, to the uh, mounting bracket or something like that. I don't know. Something about static. I don't know. I just had to do a number of different things. Like I had to, I had to seat the windshield flush with the um, the hood, you know, where you have to actually take our hoods. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, but I had to take and I had to put like sheets of aluminum and like rubber strips so it doesn't scratch the piss out of everything, and like make the hood like three inches longer so it would actually have no gap between the hood and the windshield. It's like, well, I don't even care about this. This is stupid, but whatever. So I did all these things, and I had to put the car on a diet because I made it way too heavy. So I took like 40 pounds out of it. I changed the springs in it. I changed the shocks in it. I changed the cross weight in it. I I changed everything. I went back and I did everything the way that I wanted to do it. I was taking someone else's advice and i put that in quotes it was phil i took phil's advice and i tried it and i didn't really like it so i'm like all right i'm gonna go back to what i know i put everything in the, in the car the way that i wanted to do it and i'm actually really happy about it I mean, how could this happen i thought we were smarter than the bugs <laughs> i didn't think you were going there but i i took and i, I like i said we've raced these cars for what 20 years yeah 21 years and there's certain things that we do that we like with balance and setup. And yeah, of course, these things, like, they evolve over time. But a lot of constants kind of stay the same. Of course, there's other little things that I'm going to try that I'm not going to say on the air. But 
and I'm not, obviously I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, this is my cross weight. This is my spring percentage. This is what I'm running on the bar. This is what I'm doing. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell everybody what I'm doing. I mean, I made a whole ton of changes like that, but I made the necessary changes that I feel are going to make the car better. We nut and bolted the thing. I found a loose brake line on the rear end, which I don't know why it was loose, but I found it. And I bled the brakes with the wife and she helped me out. And uh, we found some bubbles in the front and rear brakes, which is good because I had absolutely no pedal last time I tried to load the car up at Stafford. We tried to put it on the trailer. I'm glad we had a wheel chalk because the thing would have rolled off the end. Anyway, the car is ready. It's sitting on jack stands. I'm going to rescale it probably Thursday, load it up, make sure it's all good. I already scaled it once. Uh, I'm cleaning out my trailer. Oh, the trailer. I finally got my trailer, well, basically ready. It's got, needs a couple more things cleaned out so I can use it. But I took, I actually care a little bit about appearances this time. So I took the power washer out. I power washed the whole trailer, all 24 plus feet of it, and my truck. And I scrubbed it with soap and water and a brush. I scrubbed everything down. Jesse's looking confused at me, like, why? <laughs> this makes your race car go faster how well the car's already done i'm just like i'm finding things to do to make myself feel better so i scrubbed all that down and i'm like you know what this thing's had problems with brakes for years i'm gonna crawl under it and see what's wrong with it the second i crawl under it i see that the wires got pinched in between the u-bolts that hold the axle to the leaf springs and the frame, and I can see witness marks on the frame from when it bottomed out the springs on some gigantic bump, probably somewhere in Virginia, like Jesse said. We were towing the trailer in Virginia, and the front end of your truck ended up getting air. I don't we doubt that for, a for that uh, race down in Dillon, South Carolina. Yeah, I let time. my trailer and truck out, and it's bad. Apparently, it caught there. Duke boys down in the Virginia highways, so that's not good. But I figured out it's that like it's like a third world country. Well, I figured out that it severed the, the wires for the forward axle on the trailer. So I basically had one axle worth of brakes for like the last few years, and I just thought that the shoes were wearing out. That's the only thing I can guess. And, well, I mean, if hey. They aren't we, there now. I should have, you know, I should have looked before, but that's my fault. I had plenty of time to fix it. Uh, but, no, I adjusted all the brakes. I checked all the hubs. Everything's good. I rerouted the wires. I got those working again. Everything is good. I took it for a test drive, and it actually has brakes now, so maybe I can make it down Route 77 and 44 or whatever. There's 74 and 44 or whatever it is, the hilliest roads in Connecticut that I'll probably end up bypassing because I don't want to drive up and down them. Anyway, I'm really excited to go to Stafford. I want to go back. I'm. I'm it's a interesting new challenge that I'm really eager to partake in, and obviously I forgot one thing. I borrowed a carburetor from Jesse. And it sounds way better than the one that I put together out of parts that I found in a closet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, My carburetor is perfectly legal, by the way. It's just better than yours. Yeah, it's because somebody who knows what they're doing actually like put it together. And instead of me being like, these pieces fit and just like smashing them together with a hammer. There, look at that. Perfect. That's right. Yeah, because the other one I had had an internal vacuum leak somewhere, and I'm like, this thing's a pile of shit. And then come to find out that I... I well, backstory is that I'd lost my infrared temperature gun, 
So I couldn't, like, you know, if you're a racer, your infrared temperature gun is kind of invaluable. You can check tire pressures. You can check the temperature of your transmission, of your differential, of your, you can look at all your the. forehead for COVID. Make sure you're not getting sick. Yeah, because that'll work. It'll tell you that you got 92 degrees of <laughs> skin temperature. Work. Well, then how could how good can it possibly be? It's not. It's bullshit. Um, so you take it and you put it on, like if you got headers, you put it on every individual exhaust port on your headers, and you can tell your if you got a misfire or if you got a dead cylinder. Well, I'd lost mine before I went to Stafford, and I couldn't test that. So I ordered one on Amazon. It said not for human use. I'm like, perfect. That's what I want. And it came in finally, and I fired the car up, and I'm pointing it at cylinders. Everyone is the same. I go around the other side. I get to number five. Nothing. Goddamn number five. (laughs) I got nothing. I got a dead cylinder. I'm like, well, I've lived this life before because I've had a few times with the crate motor where I've had a valve hang open because a lifter bled down, and I didn't get the adjustment right on the valves or something stupid. If there's a fucking cylinder that blows in any engine, it's always number five, okay? Five or six. Because... Because I think last time I had one dead in six. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna compre- I compression tested it. I had compression. I checked spark. It had. I I actually swapped out the spark plug and then checked spark, and it had spark. So I'm like, okay, well now I got spark, and I took the old spark plug and just threw it away, and I put the whole thing together, fired it back up. It sounded way better. I'm clicking the temp gun on everything. Now I got cylinder temperature everywhere. So I'm like, okay, well now I actually have all eight cylinders and a carburetor that works. So yeah, now I'm getting, I can go to Stafford with the setup that I want, with a good carburetor, and an engine that's on all eight cylinders. I think that's like my go-to, like negative, what excuse, is oh I go down a cylinder, <laughs> like I'm lame. <laughs> but now you're back. Yeah. So let's see what happens this time. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. That's what I tell my engine every time I go out. Actually, I tell every cylinder that, but they never listen. Uh, lame. Anyway, so, some local news. Uh, this was interesting. Governor Lamont here in Connecticut, who is, um, I'm not a fan of. I don't think a lot of people on this side of the state are a fan of. If you're east of the Connecticut River, you probably hate him. Um... He announced we're poor. Yeah. Well, we're the we're, we don't matter. Yeah. We're the other side of Connecticut that nobody thinks about. Um he announced a move to 50% capacity for racetracks and other entertainment places whatever, but we've racetracks is what we focus on starting October 8th, which is just in time for the end of the year. Yay. So by the time outdoors gets done, okay, you can open up. Yep. Oh, it's getting cold out and you're not going to go outside anymore? 50% capacity. Go ahead and enjoy cold it. Cold and fuck right off. Uh, what an idiot. But it should bode pretty well for uh, the World Series at Thompson. And I'm actually checking my um, calendar right now. Um, that's actually in time for the last race at Stafford. Dirty uh. cocksucker. <laughs> Yes. Just the last race, not any other one that they've had to be forced to run at 25%. Just the last one. It's the day before the last race at Stafford. Can you go fuck yourself? Uh, God damn him. Seriously. Speaking of Thompson's World Series, 
we were excited to hear that the is after after the announced the October eighth fifty percent capacity upgrade, I should say. They announced the Isma Super Modifieds are being reinstated to the World Series lineup at Thompson, and Sunoco is returning as title sponsor. So that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. I love the Supers. The Supers are one of my favorite divisions to run. If you ever go in the back straightaway and go coming out of turn two and watch those sumbitches slide off the corner, that is, I don't know, one of the probably the eighth or ninth wonder of the world watching those things just get it those things at thompson at night i don't think they run at night anymore but when they used to run them at night holy crap especially if you stood on the back stretch like you said oh yeah. man probably How? the most exotic race car known to man i'm sorry especially in the northeast here i mean yeah a, a big block, alcohol-injected, super-modified with the engine sitting on the left damn side of the car. and I mean, it's... A big giant wing and some big old meats. Oh, just phenomenal. They're just going to go around and eat. I mean, just amazing. They got it, the meats to eat. I don't know if I would drive one, but... Well, maybe. I would. You I, kidding me? I, maybe. <laughs> maybe I would. <laughs> I mean, that's the, one of the... Probably the best way to die right there. <laughs> you kidding me? I mean, there is, like, sex with a supermodel, but, I mean, <laughs> Jesse's like, fuck that. Who cares? Supermodifieds. And I, I tend to For agree. For every hot woman, there's always one man that's tired of her shit, so fuck that. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, okay, supermodifieds are definitely better than that. Okay, I, yeah. I concede to you. Thank you. Right, so, why don't we go into some Stafford results? Oh, oh baby. You that excited about Stafford results? Yeah. Sweet. So, I'll go run through some Stafford results, and I'm sure there's some kind of topic that's going to come up during this. <laughs> that's foreshadowing. All right, so why don't we get these out of the way with limited late models. Matt Clement picked up his first win of the year. I believe last year he'd picked up a bunch of them, and this year he's kind of struggling a little, but he picked it up. Now. Do it now. But he got his first win of the year, so congrats to him. Late models, Wayne Corey went to victory lane. Uh, I was actually looking through the uh, list of, well, the rundown, I should say. And I'm like, you know, over the last few, and I hate to pinpoint this, and I hate to point out people's struggles, but, man, it's just really, it's like Kyle Busch not winning this year. Watching Tom Fern struggle. Like, he was like 10th or 11th. I'm like, what happened? I'm. I kept telling people, it's like I don't think everybody sped up, or I don't think he slowed down. I think everybody caught up, but I honestly don't think that's the case anymore. There's something I, I really don't. You know, there's a lot of things. Either they caught up, or they changed the compound of the tire, and things that worked last year just don't work good this year. I think it's the same tire. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it could very well be. I don't know. Hoosier's funny with that. I don't know. I've only ever experienced Hoosiers like two or three times. So, Oh, I've had... You've had plenty of experience. I've had enough of them. <laughs> I've had some. Ra- yeah, you used to race on the old Comanches at Waterford. The Comanches were pretty BA, actually. Even though you could see the uh, you could see the cords on the sidewall. Yeah, they were pretty cheap. But uh, they're always a good tire. Yeah. Mm. Uh, again, I don't have any experience with these new tires at Ho- uh, uh, Tom- or Stafford 700s. Uh, we have to run a Hoosier 700, but again, I don't really have any experience. I was talking to uh, 
Tim Bennett, and he was like, "Yeah, it's it's with our with the street stock division and whoever runs the seven hundreds. Like, yeah, it's kind of the same. Stickers are a little bit greasy. You run them a week, and they're pretty good." And I'm like, "All right, well, that's good to know. I'll just keep a durometer handy and make sure I you know don't fall off too badly. You know. Anyway, why don't we move on instead of talking about ourselves again? <laughs> Nobody cares about us. Um, SK Lights, Alexander Pearl." Went to victory lane again. Uh, that's, I think, his fourth win now. He's come back from three bad weeks. He's had two wins in a row, uh, cutting the point deficit to Brian Sullivan quite dramatically. That is going to be a really good show. I forget how many points he's down. It's got to be close to 10, though. So it's we got two races left, and he's making a charge. And I know Brian Sullivan's a good racer, but... I think this is his first year at Stafford in the SK Lights, so it might come down to it. Let's, you know, that's going to be an interesting uh, points battle to watch. And I think uh, the last two races of the year are going to be really important, especially in a few different divisions, just for entertainment's sake. So keep watch for the SK Light division. I'd have to check the limited late model and late model point standings, but I know that the closest ones are the SK Lights and the Street Stocks, which I'm going to talk about next. Megan Fuller, back-to-back wins, cuts the point lead down to 10 against Zach Robinson, who's the current point leader. Chris Meyer, who's a rookie at Stafford, but he's a champion at Waterford, uh, is 16 points behind in third. Uh, I'll be honest with you and say that the Street Stocks had a very rough night, and we can go into detail on this, with especially with personal experience. Uh, between Jesse and I. Jesse probably has a little bit more experience with this type of thing than me. But mm-hmm. in the heat race... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> in the heat race... Uh, I think everybody's Was seen that a heat video. race? That was only the heat race. Oh, my God. Brandon Michael got turned into the pit exit wall on the backstretch in one of the most vicious accidents I've seen there in a very long time. I mean, if you've ever seen the video back in the 90s of the pro stock who hit there, holy crap, that was a big hit. And let me be honest, Michaels was a big hit, too. And I forget the guy's name who turned him in. Um, I don't really care to remember it, to be fair. Uh, Because, in my opinion, I don't think that anything on the racetrack that transpired before what happened there in any way justified that action i it was kind of overkill kind of kill them all i think it was kill them! Kill them all! i think it was extraordinarily overkill you know it's it's extreme overkill my whole philosophy on racing especially if you get mad is that if you get that mad about I don't know, contact or a guy spinning you out or whatever, that you feel the need to kill that person. I mean, especially if it's incidental contact. You know, you can tell on the racetrack, if you've been racing long enough, you can tell when contact is incidental. A lot of times there's contact that's strategic. And then there's a lot of times where contact is forceful. Is that the right word I should use? Or Overly aggressive. How's that? Yeah, you can tell a lot more you can times tell. than not. You can tell. If you have enough spatial awareness. Like, if you're going into a corner normally and you feel a slam against your left rear 
and now you're sideways and a guy drives underneath you, that was over-aggressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you feel a little pooch to your left rear and you know that there's a guy there and he just kind of rubs on you a little bit, that's just, you know, that's hard racing. It's going to happen. That's incidental contact. That's going to happen. He didn't finish you off. Right. If somebody drills you and finishes you off or drills you and spins you out, okay, yeah, that's over-aggressive. However, unless that guy completely junks your car to the point where you need a clip or you need two clips or you need a new car, then in my mind, there's no reason to completely try to kill them like what happened here. I mean, it's pretty obvious what happened. He didn't. He had ample opportunity to just turn him into the backstretch wall if that's what, what he was interested in doing, you know? And you can't say that that's where you turn into the corner because if you turn in there, you end up on pit road. So I honestly don't want to hear any excuses for that guy. Again, I'm not mentioning his name because, I number one, I don't think he's important enough to know it. I mean, I went there once and I passed him. Um, again, there's no reason. This is, is just ridiculous. Like, I can't even put words together to explain how ridiculous this was. I'm not even defending Brandon Michael. I know he's a hard racer. And I know a, a, a lot of people are, you know, get a little ruffled up when they race as people. But you don't try to kill somebody. Especially over, like, mostly incidental contact. Again, I pay attention to all the the banter that goes on at the racetrack. I know Larry Barnett was whining about um, this Brandon Michael kid, but to be fair, Larry ended up on his trip, like driving his car on his trailer at the end of the night with a little bit of dent in his quarter panel and on his door. You know, that's not a, that's not a reason to like take somebody out. But again, Larry didn't do that. You know what I mean? Well, cause he has sense and he wasn't there, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you could spin a guy out, you could put a guy in a wall, but you don't have to bury him. Yeah. I mean, if you're pissed off at the guy, dump who's, him. Who's the put guy, him in the infield. Who was the guy that uh, put him in a fence? Uh, some 56 car. I don't know his name. I don't care to know it either. I forgot. Does he have to go to anger management? I wonder if he has to go to anger management, but from what I'd heard, they told him you're not even allowed to come sit on this property ever again. We'll see how long that lasts, but I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, but the whole anger management thing is bullshit and sets an awful precedent. That's hilarious, though. First, second, and fourth amendment violations. Yeah, it's true. Potentially, you know. So we're not even done talking about the street stocks. <laughs> but that's how much attention they they command this year. Uh, yeah. They're the show to watch week in and week out, along with the SKs. I mean, when you watch, no one a- else gives you shit because nobody else is doing anything good. When you watch a video where the guy, lit, you can see it, plain as day, the guy's trying to kill him, that's going to generate a lot of comments. It's going to generate a lot of news. It's going to generate a lot of interest. So, obviously, we're going to talk about it. And, yeah, I mean, that's, I think I've made my opinion quite clear. And I'm pretty sure, Jesse, you're pretty much in agreement with me. I mean, or for the most part. Yeah. All right. I just. Stafford could use some mini stocks, though. They would Despite be what you think about mini stocks. No, that you know, if they keep the rules the same, I think they would put real car counts up there. I really do. Yeah. I think they'd put real real numbers up. Um, and then in the feature, again, I'm sorry. I, this time I just completely goofed. I didn't get the guy's name because I was actually just like typing notes real quick and I forgot to cross-reference my notes. But my apologies. Um, the double zero car, uh, 
And the 71, I think his name is Marvin Minkler, which is a hell of a name, by the way. Um, Marvin went in the wall on the coming out of two or on the backstretch, but he hit it pretty hard head on. I think he junked the front clip of that car. Uh, and the double zero ended up on his lid. Mm-hmm. It's not very often you see a car on its lid, but the street stocks managed to make it happen. <laughs> he fell over. Oh, help, I've fallen over. What I was looking at is, um, was I was looking at pictures of that car, and the right rear tire was missing. Like, the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, did he break an axle? What happened here? All right, so we took a little break there, but to the audience, they'll never know, because okay. we just hit the pause button. But anyway, we left off, I think, at uh, the SKs at Stafford. Uh, Stephen Kopsick went to Victory Lane for the first time this year. Which is actually a really good week for those guys, especially since Timmy Jordan, I know he's uh, known to work on that team, and especially with the LFR guys. And Timmy won the SK-102, the big big money race at Waterford. The Bob Potter uh, Memorial. About six days before. And, yeah, that's good for those guys. They must be uh, turning a real corner because later on in the show, I'll tell you how Timmy did at Waterford this past weekend. Uh, after that, or actually a week after that SK-102. Why don't we just get it out of the way now? You want to just get it out of the way now? Because Stafford ran Saturday, and I wanted to kind of go into that real quick first, uh, just to stay with Stafford. Okay, we'll go ahead with Stafford. Hurry up. Okay. It's 930. (laughs) (laughs) I know, we took like an hour break. (laughs) Now we're like tired. (laughs) And we were late just starting this thing. And now, usually I... Here's a little peek behind the curtain, but I usually edit these things at night before I go to bed so that when I come home from work, I can just throw the thing online. Well, that's not happening. So <laughs> We're talking to QAnon's uh, racing uh, rumor mill. Okay, lightning. What's another racing? Lightning anyway. round. Lightning round Stafford Speedway Saturday results. This was on the Whalen Modified Tour event. Uh, they had two support divisions. I believe the Limited Late Models and the SK Lights came out for that. Uh, limited Late Models was Andrew Durand. Uh, he... <laughs> I think he picked up. That's like I don't know. I think he's won every other one. Uh, and the SK lights, Jonathan Puglio won. Uh, I don't think these guys get points, but they do get purse if you race on Saturday with the support divisions for their special shows, mm-hmm. especially for like open modifieds or like uh, Whalen Modified Tour. Uh, for the NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour, we need to give a special shout out to the Stewart's Automotive guys. We worked. We worked with Kenny on the Sid's Vault production of the SK One Hundred Two a couple weeks ago. And his dad and family own this race car. It's number 85 of Ronnie Silk, who picked up the win at Stafford in the NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour event. I was joking with uh, Kenny the other night uh, at Waterford. He says, yeah, it seems like every time we end up buying a new car, we end up winning a race. And I texted him. I'm like, hey, congrats on the win. I didn't know you guys bought a new car. And apparently he didn't. So he's like, he's like, we didn't buy a new car. They just broke the streak. That's all. Hey, so, boy. Good for those guys. All right, so let's kick it right into the Waterford results because I'd already given you the little teaser Here we go! about the uh, S- uh, SK results. So Waterford results, late models, Ryan Morgan. I think this was his second win. They said something about it being his second win of the year. So Ryan Morgan won the late models. Their car counts have looked better. Uh, I think they're starting to pick up a little bit of pace. But, again, we're getting towards the end of the year, so I think the Seekonk guys are just getting a little bored. But they are figuring out that they are racing. SK Lights, John O'Sullivan went to victory lane. 
we have a little bit of history with the O'Sullivans. When we had a house fire, the Serve Pro guys came and fixed and cleaned our house, and we knew him through racing. And then they eventually sponsored us, and that's how we were able to afford scales for the first time in our career. So thanks, guys. Yeah, the old man John is a real, real nice guy. Yeah, super nice family. Legends, Giovanni Ruggiero. No, uh, I think that's no relation because I think they spell their name different than the Reg. I think I've mentioned his name before on the podcast before. I think he's won before, but yeah, he won the Legends race. Again, I think that the Legends cars are really kind of... It's a Mario. They're really lacking counts. I just think it's something to do with Inex points. I just don't think they get Inex points at Waterford. That's why they only get like 10, 12 cars when they should be getting 25, which what they used to get. But again, I'd have to look into that, and I'm lazy. Uh, okay, so as, as I mentioned before, as SKs, Tim Jordan went two in a row. It's his third win of the year. He won the Bod Pobiter 102 last week. He picked up the another win this week. The, the first annual inaugural. Right. Bob Potter Memorial. So he, again, third third win of the year. And for those guys, the LFR guys, again, he works with Copsick, I'm pretty sure, at Stafford. That's three wins in one week. I had to do math, but that was one week. So good on those guys. Uh, sportsman, Sean Monahan won. Let somebody else win, for God's sakes, dude. Boost um, out and blew a trainee, and then he went racing. I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he did blow a trainee. I was not ready. <laughs> All right, so mini stocks. Mark Panaroni is still batting a thousand. The guy's insane. The guy just—it's insert driver. Pepperoni. Get, yeah, Mark Pepperoni. You insert driver, you get win. It's just crazy with this guy in the mini stocks. I think he's gone. What's it now? Four for four. Anytime he sits in a mini stock, he wins. It's insane. So speaking of Seacon guys, Granite State Pro Stock Series came to Waterford. And I thought that this was going to be a really good opportunity for our uh, podcast friend, Ray Christian III, to have a good night and really, you know, claw his way back into the points championship. Not to be. Uh, He went into the turn one wall very hard. I think he destroyed the front end of his car. That's not nice. No. And like I said before, speaking of Seekonk guys, Seekonk's pro stock master, Dave Darling, picked up the win on that. You don't see Dave with the... Uh, Granite State Pro Stock guys too much, but his cars are definitely legal for that. And um, with Seekonk not running, it's a perfect opportunity for him to come out and race. So congrats to him. All right, do I have any other local news aside from... Well, Thompson's not racing, obviously, because they're in... Whatever. Stafford ran twice. I got them. Waterford ran. I got them. Seekonk's not running. I missed them. Uh, We took a break earlier because our buddy... Or not our buddy, our cousin Chuck McDonald stopped by to drop some project off for me, and we ended up BSing for like an hour. But I would apologize to all the guys on the Wednesday night uh, Waterford shows. They're probably wondering, why don't you cover us? And I'm like, well, I usually get all my info off of Race Monitor and videos and other results, but like I, I search Facebook most of the time for the results, and they don't really get posted on time, and it kind of gets lost in the mix. And like it's just... I throw my hands up. I'm like, well, sorry. I don't know. I just can't find them, so it's not easy to find. So sorry, guys. I mean, if somebody wants to forward them to me, I'll gladly, if somebody wants to be a reporter and send me stories, feel free. All right, so 
I'll start moving towards the national scene and kind of cut this thing a little short this week. Unless, Jesse, you got anything else uh, you want to talk about topically that's local? Turkey Derby. The fourth annual Turkey Derby. No, it's not fourth. It's There's a lot more it's of them. The, it's the fourth annual last Turkey Derby oh, race. Oh, okay. I thought it was like the 10th annual final Turkey Derby race. But no, it, it's not going to be the last one. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, I believe, at Wall Stadium Speedway in Wall Township, New Jersey, I believe. Uh, mark that on your calendars. It's probably you're probably gonna freeze your nuts off, but it's gonna be a good time. It's still on. Uh, they're gonna have a lot of divisions. Save but, money for tolls. Yeah, do that. Or uh, unless you want to see America and take the back roads, but don't. Yeah, <laughs> see America. Screw screw New York and New Jersey. Put on your snowsuit, zero degree bag, and go ride a motorcycle and see the world. And then get stuck in a snowstorm because it's freaking November. It's the end of November. Anyway, so NASCAR, I'll touch on some national stuff then. The NASCAR came along and said, hey, uh, we got this interesting tidbit that just happened over the weekend. Uh, a female racer by the name of Gracie Trotter uh, won the ARCA West Series race at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Bullring on Saturday, and they said she was the, sa- she was the first woman to win an ARCA-sanctioned race or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Do they even have any idea how many times this specific division has gone through names? I mean, it's still owned by NASCAR. It used to be the K&N West Series. And it was the Winston West Series. Yeah, and and, uh, Haley Deegan won when it was the K&N West. Correct. So she won in that division. So technically, it's still the same division. But since they put the ARCA name over it, and I put that in air quotes... Now, somehow, she's now the first woman to win an ARCA series race. Well, technically, they're not wrong, but it's, it's their, it's their chance to promote diversity and, uh, you know, give somebody a medal for being a female. Well, I could have sworn somebody like uh, Shauna Robinson or, uh, damn it, I'm losing my mind. I forget names. I'll have to look it up. But I could have sworn that some other woman definitely won some ARCA series competition. Sean Robinson finished second. That was her best ever finish. Ah. Jesse, uh, the uh, walking uh, encyclopedia kind of got me on that uh, one. Who is the other one you're talking about? Uh, Aaron Crocker? Nah, she wasn't that great. She, yeah. Um, she was in the truck series mostly. I thought. Uh, yeah, I don't I just think ARCA, you know. I know, I'm thinking of names and I'm like, damn it, I'm pulling blanks here. Uh, I can see faces, but I can't see names. I I got hit in the head a couple Mocha times. Duno. No, she stunk too. Was there an Xfinity Series race? Yeah. Who won that? Chase Briscoe. That's right. It was a nice race. I didn't write it down on my notes, but okay. Chase Briscoe won the Xfinity Series race at Las Vegas. He, before the beginning of the year, they asked him, how many wins do you think you have to have to be relevant? He says, I need at least eight. That ties Sam Ard and Jack Ingram. This was his eighth win. <laughs> yeah, both of them, both of them in uh, 1984. Really, they were both in one year. Yeah. Wow. Same year. Shit. I thought that was like 82 and 84. I don't know. I must be a little off. But that's some pretty illustrious company to be in. I mean, those mm-hmm. two are like legendary names in this division. Yeah, it's a season of duel. It's a uh, between the Xfinity and the and the. Uh, the Cup Series. We've been saying There's it. There's been two guys that dominate, which is kind of funny. It is funny. It's um, and and Denny Hamlin, of course, and 
and uh, Kevin Harvick are dominating, and guess who wins again is not Denny Hamlin or Kevin Harvick, but somebody else, Kurt Busch, but Denny Hamlin did everything right, but... Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, but, Still yeah, lost, I mean, but I th- honestly feel like... It, yeah. I feel like the Xfinity Series has put on the best racing of all the three, top three NASCAR series oh, by totally. far, bar yeah. none, no contest. I mean, they've put on the best racing. If you want to watch good racing, and if you're bored with this high horsepower or high downforce, low horsepower package that the Cup Series has, go watch earlier, like by a day, and watch the Xfinity races because the Xfinity races have been awesome. They've been great. Yeah, they've been great. I don't know the Cup Series, Cups, high horsepower, yeah. down low, down uh, low arrow. What is it? High, the high downforce, low horsepower. Oh, oh, that's backwards. Yeah, it's high. Big, big spoiler. Big. Splitter, five hundred horsepower, or something like that. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah, that's that's backwards. Yeah, it's ass. Backwards. They want every they want every race to be like Talladega. Yeah, it sucks. And it kind of sucks. So the, yeah, the, the whole, Xfinity races. Well, the whole idea better. of it is they took a poll and they're like, "Do you want to see close racing or do you want to see like spread out racing?" And they said close racing, but they left out the part that when you see close racing, you don't see passing. It's like <laughs> I want to see. Come on, honest racing. Yeah, me too. That's what but the Xfinity anyway. series is delivering. Yeah. So we skipped over the truck series. Austin Hill won that, um, kind of surprisingly, because Sheldon Creed absolutely dominated that race, winning stage one and two, and he finished second. And Austin Hill managed to squeak in there at the end and hang on. Maybe he had clean air. Definitely. Clean air is a big help. <laughs> That's kind of the theme of the cup race. Oh, clean air. Yeah, the cup race, let's be. Dominated by Dane Hamlin. Uh, but yeah, the, this high horsepower, low downforce, or damn it. Low horsepower, high downforce. That's what it is. We keep saying what we want, but not what it is. I think it's a Freudian slip. That's what we want. But, yeah, with with uh, the cup race, it was dominated by Demi Hamlin, Kurt Busch, clean air. Yeah, he lucks out. Yeah. Manages to get to the lead late. Yeah, sometimes. He's just, he's just out front. Guys behind him have fresher tires. But with this package... If you're behind somebody, you can't catch them. Like, you can't pass them. Yeah, you hit a wall of air. It's too what much, the- almost like there's too much air now being disturbed, and you hit a wall of you hit a wall of drag, and you can't go forward. It's too turbulent. Because it upsets the nose of the car, you got no forward bite. So you move up a lane, and you enter in a different lane. The guy in front of you just moves into that lane. You can't catch him. It's like watching Formula One. It's boring. They can catch him, but at they can't least, pass them. No, at least in Formula One, they have DRS. So if you get within a second of somebody, you push a little button, and you're automatically like 30Ks faster than that guy. Are you saying that NASCAR should have DRS? No, they should just get rid of the spoiler and have natural DRS. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let the spoiler flop down down the straightaways and just rocket past yeah. somebody. It's not a drag reduction system. So, yeah, we'll finish this one up. Kurt Busch. Dick Racing. Yeah, Kurt Busch. Finished. He, you know, he's good for a, a surprise a year, basically. You know, he can come up with a win. He yep. just can. I mean, congrats to him. He's probably the better Bush brother. Um, in he got better of, after Jimmy Spencer punched him in the nose. Yeah, but he, he broke grew, it. He grew up. He did. Yeah. You, could, you could tell he grew up. Um, I think a couple he had DUIs like, also, and uh, yeah, he had to do a lot of growing and up. And also he learned. Uh, getting beat up by his ex-wife, I think. No, she was a spy, remember? Or something like that? Some yeah. weirdo shit? Anyway. Yeah, she thought she was a spy. 
<laughs> what a weird fucking situation that yeah, was. Jesus. I guess that tends to humble a man. I think it's like, okay, I don't want the crazy no more. I'll just be nice Getting the shit beat on. out of you by some weird feminist. Fuck that. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'll drink Monster and hang out with them. Um, but no, he's. I think he's never won until last night or Sunday night at Las Vegas. I think he said it like something like 21 different tries. But, I mean, it's got to feel good to win in his actual physical hometown. I mean, you get somebody from, like, the Northeast, and they say, oh, New Hampshire's your home track. It's like, no, that was, like, three fucking hours away from my house. It's not a home track. You know, like Martin Truex, oh, Dover's your home track. It's like, no, this is Delaware. I live in New Jersey. You know? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's not your home. But, like, Kurt Busch grew up in Vegas, raced at the Bullring, and won on the big track. That's a home win. That's his home win as you're going right. to get. So that's good for him. So congrats to him. Uh, next race for those guys is going to be Talladega. Buy your beers now because it's going to be a show. Someone's going to end up on their lid. I guarantee it. That was lame. Let's just hope no one dies. Also, uh, fun tidbit. Uh, Kyle Bush's son won the other day. I think his first ever. Brexton. Like... Oh, yeah. He won the cart race. Yeah. Brexit. Yeah. Brexton. Yeah. Brexit. Is Brexit. That's yeah. a Brexit Bush won the cart race. Yeah. And so that makes Kyle Bush the last Bush to go uh without a win. Correct. Yeah. In was, the well, <laughs> he he's won truck race, I think. I wonder if he I wonder if he like is jealous of his brother and his and his kid now. He just like knocks his <laughs> knocks his kid over going, Hey, walk <laughs> much <laughs> tries to push him in the dirt. No, oh, you he think can. you're so big and bad now, huh? Like I said, he's got a truck win, right? Remember, he's got to win. Those don't count. Big deal. I yeah, okay. They ain't, All right, they ain't shit. Any final thoughts? I mean, I mean, it's like Big Poppy playing against a bunch of t-ballers. Who cares? That's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah, okay, that's true. Um, so, any final thoughts? Um, could be anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, it, I have to take a shower. My well's dry, and. Uh, yeah, this drought we're having is serious when Jesse's house doesn't even have water. That's I don't bad. have internet. I don't have water. I might as well just go dig a hole and take a shit in it while I'm at it, you know? I mean, you bad. might as well just go dig an outhouse and read a book by candlelight because you're basically living in the yeah. 1800s back there. We'll do a podcast <laughs> by... We're going to Morse code our next podcast. So, I mean, luckily I have water and I have good internet. The only thing is, is... I don't have air conditioning now because I took it all out, and now it's like 80 degrees in the house, and I hate it. So, trade-offs. Uh, later, dudes. Ask you in your A's. Don't wear a C in jail over your B's. All right, so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram, at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast. If you need a little helping hand for playing platforms for the podcast, you can go to GleasonBrosRacing.com, which I still have yet to update because I just forget about it, I guess. You can find me at BrentGleason01 on Instagram and Twitter, even though I am the 81 at Stafford, which is very unfortunate. Yay! <laughs> we mean unfortunate. You. No, 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 no. I mean, that's because I've got, you know, I don't want to steal your number. I want my own. You know, I mean, it is a family number, but I still don't want to steal it. You know, I don't want both of us to be, you know, the same number at different tracks. It just confuse people. And I've already got my uh, social media handles at zero one. Be gone!
vile man, be gone from me! Anyway. Roger, you got any final thoughts? Yep. What do you got? The thing is, I have to get the bird egg. Oh, you're talking about Angry Birds Epic again? Yeah, because I don't know how to actually get Wiz Pig. I don't know how to get him. He's enough. Well, you just gotta try harder. Yeah, try harder. Just like Dad in racing, you just gotta try yeah, harder. Yeah, and now I know where I'm gonna be. Where are you gonna? Where can we find Raji? Um. Right here, I'm playing not, video games. Yeah, maybe. Perfect. We're at school. Uh, Hopefully, at school no. soon. <laughs> Your games. It's a school game. Oh, okay. All right. And Jesse doesn't want to be found. Bye bye. Do the podcast. You wanna? You wanna close us out, bud? How do we how do we close the show? Uh, I don't know. I think it's keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Okay. No. Bye, everyone. Oh,